we got to get to this because okay. um, I, I didn't realize, I swear to God, you know, you, you hear the Masters theme like you heard it setting mm -hmm. up that, the do-do-do-do-do-do, the, the instrumentals. I had no idea. How'd it go? Shut up. That there were words to the song until I listened to Norm's show today. I heard the open to his Jeez. show, and he plays that theme, Jeez. and I hear the piano, the very familiar Masters piano, which you hear in this, the ins and outs of television. And it's got well, it's it, it has words. <laughs> so listen to how bad this song is. And by the way, the guy who wrote it is the guy who wrote and sang Please Come to Boston. Oh, really? Yes. I hate that. Yeah. Well, here he is. It's just, it oozes of just Well, cheese. it's springtime in the valley on Magnolia Lane. It's the August <laughs> National and the Master of the Game. Who hey, with Norm played this, he said he liked it. Yeah. This is so Emmett's way. It, it is. is. The Mick touched home. Mm -hmm. The Mick he touched home. Listen to the chorus here. Singing this tune. August, your dog they play on my mind like a song. Oh, oh all this southern imagery. That's a thrashing. Boy, it does give you southern imagery, doesn't it? I mean, I can just see the cross burning right now. <laughs> Hold that thought. Baron <laughs> Nelson. So it goes on. That can be enough, right? Yeah, that's enough. Thanks. So they actually ran, this is an older song that they redid here about a decade ago. Yeah. But uh, this was originally put out in 1965. Okay? This song was originally written in 65 with different lyrics, we found out. So imagine the culture back then in 1965 and this tournament... And this, this country is before, before the civil rights. And this country club, and this is what they came up with. <laughs> Crank it. When I was just a boy down on Magnolia Lane, that's when I figured out that people weren't the same. A policeman saw a man and he squeezed his trigger. He told me, son, don't you cry. He was only a Augusta, a white's only club. The blacks get the snub all the time. Where Jews can't come in No Goldbergs, no Rubensteins I said, Daddy, what's the deal? Why can't black people play? He told me, son, it's because They're descendants of slaves I said, Daddy that's not right a man 
becomes a man He said it's time that you join the Ku Klux Klan <laughs> Augusta, a white only club The blacks get the snub all the time Where Jews can't come in No gold birds, no Rubenstein It's kind of catchy, yeah It's the whites' only bathrooms Their own water to drink If you are from China To us, you're a ch- <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god You can fade what it down. Song. I know. That's the original. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, what they were doing in 1965. Mm. Oh, man. You can see why they had to change it up a little bit. I mean, we had to edit it. Yeah, we had to bleep stuff out. Ty's got his hood on. <laughs> man. Well, Ty had his lighter going. His even, even I was shocked. There you go. The ticket. All right, so... It's perfectly in keeping with the way things go, though. <laughs> so, our little buddy, Cray Trey. Cray Trey, who um, made his name at this radio station by... We set up a... Uh, we set up a, a porter station in the bathroom right here on the fourth floor of Cumulus International. We put Trey in a suit or a tux. We got oh, him yeah. a tux. Tux. A suit. Put him in a tux, and uh, I went and bought all this gum and cologne and candy and cigarettes and condoms, and we set it all out there on the bathroom. And we basically we were treating it like this was some sort of high-end steakhouse, strip club, whatever, where they have bathroom porters, just to see how it went over. And you know what? It went over quite well. It was pretty convenient. People really enjoyed the porter service. Mm-hmm. So... And Trey kind of made a name for himself. We we had you know he was rolling on everybody walking in there, and he was telling you know nifty stories and asking questions about people's day yeah, he was and everything. Making small yeah. talk and everything, yeah. just like they do. It's great. He earned a couple bucks. He did. We let him keep the tips. Yes, it was great for but old just Trey. Just the tips. Just a tip. So today, uh, on the, the the heels of the Masters tournament, Trey called Augusta National. And for those who do not know, Augusta National is the most highfalutin, well-heeled, incredible, air quotes, club there is in the United States of America and maybe the damn world. It screams Cray Tray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one knows how to get in there. Nobody knows how to get Tickets to the actual tournament, you know, membership. It's just you you're know, lucky if you ever lay eyes on the place. Yes, Augusta finds you. Yes, you true. don't find it. If it wants you, it finds <laughs> they you. They have turned true. down so many people, so many incredibly wealthy, famous people for membership. The only locals that I know that are members here, um, Tom Hicks is. How he got in, I'm not sure, but I, I've heard stories. You know, Madonna and Brett Hall have gone down there and played with him at Augusta. And yeah. And it, it takes that kind of money and that kind of prestige. They smile on the shyster. They kind of do. So he was a member. So Cray Trey 
called, and all he wanted to know was, could he get a tea time? Yeah, can I play? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, again, it's Augusta National. You don't just go play. This is not Tennyson Highlands. This is Augusta National. So When here, did they add Highlands into that? Uh, they redid it a few years ago. So it's now Tennyson Highlands? Well, one course is the Highlands course. Oh, okay. Yes, it is the refurbished course. It's nice. Uh, so here he is. Here is Cray Trey calling Augusta National trying to book a tea time. Good afternoon, Augusta National Golf Club. Hi, my name is Trey Mitchell. I'm, uh, I just moved to Atlanta, and I saw um, your uh, tournament on TV last week, and I thought your courses were really nice. They're, like, really pretty. And I was uh, seeing if I couldn't schedule a tea time for four. Uh, for four? <laughs> yeah, <person. laughs> for four. For <laughs> four. I was seeing if I couldn't schedule a tea time for four. Um, preferably in the morning. Oh, he's, he's making requests now. <laughs> Before lunch. Yeah, I'm a busy businessman. Um, preferably in the morning. I'm sorry, it's a private club. Well, uh, I mean, how about just uh, how about just play the back nine if possible? <laughs> I mean, preferably, you know, the back thirteen look really cool. I mean, I really, uh, I, I saw it on TV. I thought I thought it'd be a cool course to play. Oh God! Does this happen out there? Do they get phone calls like this? I bet. Well, we should just listen to it all. But I bet this girl's job is to field similar phone calls to this. You just tell me no one calls that place either doing bits or with the dumbest questions ever. And she is she is the screener, and it it 99% of phone calls don't go past her. Right, and her job is to filter all this BS out and stick to the script, which you'll hear she does. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's a private club. Um, So I, I guess then how uh, do I get a membership? <laughs> I'm sorry, it's by invitation only by a member. There should be some, uh, you know, some kind of, you know, wait, I, well, okay, let, let, we'll we'll discuss it later, I guess. Uh, when I'm a member, when I'm a member, <laughs> there is yeah, no, we'll discuss it later. There is no doubt that I'm going to be a member. Yes. So let's clear a few things up. <laughs> and when I am, she, is, she has been, he has been totally shut down by her. But we'll discuss it later <laughs> when I am a member. <laughs> Moving forward, <laughs> I guess. Uh, when I'm a member, can I, uh, what's the dress code there? Can I, do I need to wear a polo? Do I need to wear, like, can I wear jeans? That information is not disclosed. Okay. Do you have any uh, Twilight specials by any chance? I mean, I could just do a single. Do you know what that is, Mike, a Twilight special? Where you play, like, when the sun's going yeah, down? Yeah, the sun's going down, and typically public courses will knock their feet down from 60 <laughs> to 28 or something if you can squeeze in 18. Till dark. So here all these people just imagine lined up on down Magnolia Lane at, like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon waiting to get a Twilight time at Augusta. Specials, by any chance? I mean, I could just do a single. I don't need to have a, you know, I don't need to have a foursome. You know, I could just do a single. I mean, if it's BYOB, I, I don't even need a <laughs> Why would that, okay, why would that factor into anything? If it's BYOB, I, I can, I'm okay. Because my other fine. friends are bringing beer or what? Yeah. He's good with it if the rules are BYOB. <laughs> He'd still like it, the one. Oh, God. I mean, if it's BYOB, I, I don't even need to bring the beer, you know, or anything. I, I just, uh, 
I'm sorry, yeah. it's a private club. Is there anything else? Well, I just more information, I guess, on uh, how to become a member. Yeah, that information is not disclosed. Okay. Well, thank you. All right, thank you. All right. Wow. Boy, talk about staying on point. You know what, dude? This woman is incredibly sweet. Clearly. Mm-hmm. So, you can only be a member if another member invites you or refers you, correct? Yeah. Now, once you win the Masters, you're automatically a member. You are. Okay? Yeah. So, why not call back and say that you've been referred by a member? Good afternoon. to guess the National Golf Club. Hello, my name is Chip Mulligan the Third, and I was recently invited by one of your members to be a member of your golf club. I was seeing uh, what I need to go uh, further to become a member and what my locker number would be. <laughs> <laughs> Chip Mulligan the Third. <laughs> so. What number? Again, presumptuous enough to <laughs> to think that this is all it takes. And by the way, what's my locker number going to yeah. be? This is a really, it's just like a five-second phone call to become a member at Augusta. <laughs> what's my locker going to be? You like the cray-tray fake voice? Mm-hmm. Or would be? Just a moment. Thank you. I swear she's laughing. <laughs> yes, sir. And who were you invited by? Jose Maria Olathobel. <laughs> Okay. And what- no doubt, she's got to be laughing at this. Jose Maria Olafobel. He's clearly reading it. Like, yeah, he, he didn't wrote know, it phonetically. He, he didn't know who that was. So he, we, Soroyna had him write it out. Jose Maria O L A T H. Okay. And when did he invite you? Oh, he invited me about a week ago. Okay, well, um, you would need to speak with someone else about that. Well, then can I please talk to the uh, head of the pro shop, if possible? I mean, not the head pro, the head of the pro shop. <laughs> Clearly, Cray Trade does not play golf, yeah. Gay, Gay Brewer told me that I could... Okay, wait. Back that up. Gay Brewer? <laughs> Are you gay? Gay Brewer won this thing when in 68, 69? Like yeah, yeah. Okay. For those who don't remember, Gay Brewer. He was a local guy, too, wasn't he? Gay? I don't think so. I don't think Gay's from around here. I think he here. was, man. Maybe so. Then can I please talk to the uh, head of the pro shop, if possible? I mean, Gay, Gay Brewer told me that I could just call you guys directly, and we could get it set up. Just maybe a fax. <laughs> fax! <laughs> okay, what's your name? Uh, my name is Chip Mulligan the Third. Hold on one moment. Thank you. Yes, sir. You would have to be invited by one of our members here. Oh, but uh, I was. Jose Maria Othabel invited me. Okay, and what information did he give you when he invited you? He just told me to call this number, and uh, I should just just call Augusta. That's all you got to do. Just call it, Chip. You just call the front desk at Augusta, and they'll Shit. hook you up. He just told me to call this number, and uh, I should um, you know, talk to you guys, and you guys would send the information over to my estate. 
<laughs> yes, sir, I'm sorry. He's not one of our members. Uh, he assured me he was. No, sir. Well, I, look, I'm clearly getting nowhere. Can I please talk to the head pro? I'm sorry. You'd have to be invited by one of our members to join here. But I, Jose Mario Othaba, he told me he was a, a member. No, sir, I'm sorry. Oh, God, she's so nice. Yeah. She's so incredibly sweet, and she basically just brushes him off after that. But She has to stay on point because she's afraid Hootie Johnson sending people at her to see mm-hmm. if she if she messes around. She's got to be you know, sti- as, as good or bad as the person calling. She's got to stay on point. Yeah, she did a great job, too. What a sweetheart. She was so girl. sweet, we didn't call her the third time and pretend we were Jose and irate Jose Maria yes. Lasable. I understand that you have declined, my friend, Chip Mulligan. Chip Mulligan. I am one of you. <laughs> that was phone call number three, but we didn't yeah, we didn't think that Cray Trey could pull off the accent. The third one. The second one was so convincing. Yes. Hello. Oh, hello. Oh. Chip Mulligan the third. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. That's pretty good work by him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to get on that course, yeah. Corby. Showing usefulness. One someday. Way One way or another. Someday we yeah. will play that course. What if What if she would have said, well, I have an 808 <laughs> open in the morning. <laughs> Dude, I'm like, yes, we would be there. 808 tomorrow morning. Yes. Yes. Find a way right now. No doubt. Dude, yes. Maybe Gay Brewer can help. <laughs> <laughs> the Ticket. The Ticket. Get, get ready, ready for an all-new all Hardline, hardline segment. segment. It's time to step into the, the snake, snake pit. pit. And now, with something completely over the top, the host and star of the Snake Pit, Snake. Yeah! Here he is for something amazing and over the top, Snake. Yep. Something yep. snaky. All right. So we've been talking this up quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. A lot to do with uh, the fact that movie theaters are trying to reopen and they're trying to they're trying to figure out if they should put these huge movies 100% in theaters, let them uh, go halvesies with some of the streaming services, and that's kind of what happened with Godzilla vs. Kong, and that's when we started really talking about it, and then over the weekend it made tons of money at the box office. It did really, really well for HBO Go. To the tune of it being one of their most successful weeks ever since they launched, or HBO Max, I'm sorry, since they launched that launched that product. And there was no doubt I was going to watch this. There's 100% chance having boys that are 15 and 11. Yeah. And they have seen all these movies leading up to this, or I guess the new reboots of these movies leading up to it. And so they were really excited for it. I was out of town this weekend. They saw it last night. I watched it. Now, Danny, I cannot believe Danny came flying in here at a break yesterday and was like, so I watched Godzilla versus Kong. I'm like, what? You you did? Yeah. yeah, I did. So I was really excited about that. I know Ty watched it over the weekend as well. So last night I sat down for two hours and watched this. Now, let, okay. me, let me just say this. I watched it with my oldest, my youngest. He'd already seen it, right? They both had seen it, but my youngest was like, you know what? I'm. I think I'm okay. Oh, oh no. Yeah, the oldest was like, "I'm all in." So, sit down to watch it. I had watched the last Kong movie made, Kong Skull, Skull Island. Island. That's where Kong lives, right? That's where Kong lives. Did you see Kong Skull Island? I am unfortunately 
not up to speed with my Kong films. Okay. Let me give you a brief history of me and King Kong. <laughs> I love King Kong. Ever since. <laughs> All right, we'll probably need that. that. Sounds like such a child. I do. I love Ferraris. Ever since, yes. And King Kong. <laughs> and Army. And chocolate milk. <laughs> I love King Kong. Okay, do you guys remember when the Jeff Bridges King Kong came out? Yes. And uh, not Michelle Pfeiffer. Jessica Lang. Yes, Jessica Lang was in it. And there's mm-hmm. always a damsel in distress and all that. And, you know, he's got to be a somewhat ape attracted to a hot blonde. In a in formal wear. Right. Dressed like, uh, what's her name from Gilligan's Island? Tina Louise. Ginger. Yeah. <laughs> But I loved, even back then in the late 70s, early 80s, whenever that was made, I was like, whoa, giant ape. Right. And anything before that, like you would see like all the 30s and 40s, the original ones that were made, and they're just trash. Yeah, well, this was a f- dude in gorilla suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or bad stop motion. Horrible, yeah. So that was the first one that really resonated with me. And, and But again, as a kid, I was like, whoa, that's badass. That King Kong is... That's one cool ape. He's got it going on. Yeah, and he had a soul and emotions and all that. I'm like, this is just a big guy. That's uh-huh. all he is, is a big guy. And so through the years, I've seen you know a smattering of the reboots, and Jack Black had one not too terribly long ago. Where And it's always about you know scientists going over to Skull Island, and they're going to study this area, and then they end up wanting him as some weapon of war, right, or something. Mm-hmm. They want him. They want to get him. Yeah, they can't just leave Kong alone. No. So the original King Kong, or the the King Kong that came out a couple of years ago, Kong Skull Island, the premise of it was really cool. It was set in the 60s or 70s. It was after the Vietnam War. And they go over there to Skull Island. And again, I'm not really familiar with Skull Island, but I guess the legend of Skull Island is more than just Kong. It's all these monsters that that live over there, these creatures that live over there. Are they sent there? Does Mothra no. live there? No, 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 no. That's okay. This is where I'm going. Is that all the Japanese dudes, all their weird monsters live over the other side of the world? Right. But Kong. And there's only one way to get there. <laughs> right. Sweet. Uh, but Kong, you know, kind of did his own thing over there with all these other creatures. And in, in, in the uh, Kong Skull Island, this these Americans end up over there and, uh, you know, everything goes to hell in a handbasket. But it's actually, Ty, have you seen it? The first one? Skull, Skull Island. Island. No, this seeing this movie was the first chance I have jumped into this whole okay, thing. Okay, you almost have to see yes. it. Yes. And you almost have to see... Oh, I'm sorry. Did I not do enough research <laughs> to, I think, to I, really fully understand Kong versus Godzilla? I think he's trying to tell us that we have to see two do, other movies yeah, do to I understand to, this one. Do I need to read some graphic novels as well? <laughs> you need to... Hey, I got like a nine-hour podcast I need to give you on, uh, on this movie. No... And you, of course, you don't, because in the end, it's just two monsters fighting each other. But the fact that I don't understand why they have to—I guess because the same movie company makes these individual films. Because you made Kong Skull Island, and then you made Godzilla, and then it's like, hey, let's have them fight. Because according to this movie, which let me tell you something about Godzilla versus Kong. Uh oh. This is the worst piece of garbage I've ever seen. My man. What did I tell you when I walked in there yesterday? It is borderline unwatchable. I, I 
almost fell asleep like four times during a monster fight movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because you know what? None. Of, I've seen all of the build-up, all the lead-up films. None of it makes sense. How was that plot? What? I don't even get it. The Hollow Earth. What? What are they doing? That was never mentioned in the other movies. That's where all the monsters come from, apparently. So apparently, Bob, every monster, including Mothra and Hydra and yep. and skeleton human, I don't like. They all come from this area called Hollow Earth, uh-huh. which was just. Dropped on us by hot vampire from True Blood, who's the the main doctor in this. You got to have a super smart doctor okay. in all of these things. Yes. That's, that's kind of brooding and misunderstood. Yeah, he's got to be. And works in a basement, right? He's got to be hot and yeah. like, God, it's hot in here. And then you're like, Oh my God, he's got abs. Oh, you know, he's that shaved. Type of guy. Yeah. Damn. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so he, they they threw this idea that these creatures all come from the same place called Hollow Earth. Where is that? The center of the at earth? the center of the Earth. It's not the core. It's a, basically another planet where monsters live. Yeah. And then the gravitational pull of Hollow Earth is such that the monsters got spit out onto real Earth. Right. By some portal. Yes. That okay. was affected by the gravitational pull of Hollow Earth. There's a lot of misunderstandings in this film. The what this is how I understood it by barely paying attention to the dialogue because Ty was right. If you aren't writing your volume, yeah. you you have to crank the damn volume up to hear what people are saying and then the next thing you know, a 300-foot gorilla kicks over a building and you feel like your roof is caving in if you have any type of soundbar situation whatsoever. I know, you can't hear it's the like, general oh my conversation. God! Yeah. So, got a soundbar situation, huh? Oh yeah. Bet your ass. So, <laughs> Godzilla is making a move on a structure and everybody's trying to make Godzilla out to be a a bad guy, but he's really not. Yeah. So they need to get Kong to fight Godzilla, not realizing that Godzilla's good. So they're fighting the whole time and then they realize that they're both good and then they have to team up and fight robot Godzilla. Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. What the hell was I watching? About an hour into this, I turned to my girlfriend and I said, can we just fast forward to the fights? Yeah, because you knew a second one was coming up. It's like an episode of The Incredible Hulk where you turn into Hulk twice and so you fight twice or in Kung Fu where David Carradine would always have two fights. You knew there was a second one coming. Yeah. So, so Godzilla one, fights robot Godzilla. Yes. In the end. Mm. And at one point, because Godzilla's in Tokyo and Kong is in what? Pensacola. Yes. They have Pensacola. to drill a hole uh-huh. to the other side of the earth and fly through it. Now, Godzilla, or, or Kong just jumps into the hole. Yeah, he and does. I guess because he knows it. sign language. Talk yeah. to him by a five-year-old. Oh, that's right. He knows sign language. And then this other group of people has to fly in a spaceship through this, this like they were coring out an apple to smoke weed in, yeah. through the earth, and then they end up in Tokyo where they fight. And let me ask you this. Uh-huh. How many lives were lost 
in the fight oh. between oh. Godzilla and oh Kong. God, That's why I couldn't believe it at the end. It's like everybody's, you know, it's oh the the birds are singing and and music's playing and right. Kong and Godzilla do this thing and they bro hug at the cost of three point two million lives at the very minimum. Because if one of those monsters farts, the World <laughs> Trade Center falls over, killing thousands. Yes. But you had to appreciate in that fight in Hong Kong where. At one point, King Kong gets his shoulder dislocated, and when they start oh, to team up, he, put it back he, in. he yeah. goes full lethal weapon. Yes. He goes up to a skyscraper no and way. Yes. Yes. slams like it back in. Oh, oh, and keep in mind, killing 27,000 people. <laughs> yeah, he does. Because the skyscraper he, just falls over. And look, they didn't evacuate Tokyo because they show ground scenes with people running. Yeah. The people there dying. are people everywhere. There is a, so there's always a central figure of a child or a woman or whatever. Yes. Well, in this one, it's a little girl, a little five-year-old Drops girl. Drops her teddy bear, goes back for yes, it. Yeah, that yeah. Kong helps. Oh, here you go. Right, you lost right. this. Right. Let me smash this guy. And now, <laughs> let me hug you. Right. Um, so this little girl. For each step that Kong takes, 37 people die. Yeah. At least. Or what about, I told you, freaking fire mouth or laser mouth. Yeah, mouth, well, he, yeah, uh, Godzilla's weapon is mouth lasers. And what, <laughs> that hits you, I mean, that knocks out a whole city in two seconds. Yeah, mouth lasers. So this mom. little girl, imagine this, she has a mother. <laughs> so this little girl has this connection with Kong, all right? Okay. And we learn about a third of the way into the movie in the girl's death, the little girl's death, all right? So the mother is communicating uh, via sign language with her, all right? So the girl will just walk out to Kong, like just walk out in this crazy land that King Kong lives in, and he's like, oh, hey, Stacy, my girl. And he'll sit there, and then she started signing to him, and he started signing back. Oh, how nice. And so the mom saw this and is like, oh, my God, Stacy, when did you do this? You can talk to Kong? Now, think about this. This woman left her kindergartner with a monkey That's... the size of Scotland yeah. long enough to teach him sign language, and she had no idea it was going on. Yeah. Hey, while you're talking to the monkey, I'm going to go to Sprouts and get some groceries. Right. Okay, have fun. You yeah. don't do that. There's a sale on organic blueberries. <laughs> right. I'll Who, be back in an hour. You know, I know we don't have a babysitter. King Kong! <laughs> you! She gets along with him. <laughs> yes! And isn't it impossible to determine exactly how big Kong is? Yeah. Because at some point, he looks like he might be 80 feet tall, and at other points, he's... 700 feet tall it is weird it's really the scale was odd really messed up and i thought the cgi was pretty garbage i mean the fight well there was a i saw the trailer okay i, I gave you i gave this film two minutes all right it does look pretty awesome when uh, the, the aircraft carrier fight scene that in the, the fight ocean. in the ocean yeah another I mean, problem that i had they're holding Kong back with chains that look like they're not any like, like the, the the links aren't any bigger around than his pinky, and he can't get out of that. But he's supposed to take on a giant lizard with <laughs> mouth lasers that can cut an aircraft carrier in half just with his tail. Yeah, that looks awesome. This movie was effing terrible. Here's what I don't get: you don't need Godzilla to prop up Kong, right? Kong is Kong. You can figure out whether it's Kong goes to fifth grade, Kong wins a science experiment, whatever it is, there's enough stories with him. You don't have to combine him with 
Godzilla is the lamest, dumbest character in the history of cinema. I've never liked him. I've never understood the appeal. Jeez, man. Yeah, I know. He's not real. Don't worry. We're not affecting anybody. What about Alien versus Predator, though? Do we Does Predator need Alien to sort of no. help him there? I don't know. Not I didn't really. see that Jason either. versus Freddy. Yeah, I, no, you don't need the verses. What about Batman versus Superman, though? Yeah, it's different. They're humans. No, they're all dumb. Stop making people fight each other for your dumb marquee action movie. All I'm saying is... And I think everybody agrees with this. Kong Kong is an emotional character. Yeah. Godzilla's nothing more than a laser mouth breathing idiot with a spiky tail. And by the way, when he's swimming, it looked fake. Oh gee. It did it, it looked totally I'm like, dude, you can't do any better than that. You're saying Kong has depth and Godzilla is just another pretty face. Do you did you okay, at any point did you feel bad, either one of you? Did you feel bad for King Kong and the circumstances he was put under? Absolutely. I did too. You yeah. felt sorry for him. Like my wife was watching it last night going, I just, I, he's just so sad. It's all, he's always sad. It's always sad for and him. The oldest sat through this for the second time. Second time. And what did he say at the end of this? Dad. <laughs> it was something. He kept calling Godzilla Zilla. Bro, Zilla's going to take down this town like you haven't seen, bro. Shut up. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Have you done <laughs> Team Zilla over here? <laughs> Love it. Anyway, man. Well, you guys have sold me. I'm in. <laughs> Tonight, two and a half hours. Let's go. It's you gotta not watch two and a half hours. Favorite snake pits ever. You gotta. I, I'm telling you though. You guys should watch Kong Skull Island, the first one. You would really like that. I don't believe you? Compa- I'm telling you right now. You need to. You need to pig pin it. Titus and Tate, a podcast from two obsessed basketball lovers. Why would Roy Williams not coach the JV team at North Carolina? That would be That's great. how he started, right? Yeah. Brings it full circle. Yeah. Who do they play, by the way? Do they play Donda Academy in them? I think so. They play overtime. <laughs> they league. do overtime. Yeah. yeah. There aren't that many JV teams left. They play like high school. They play like Oak Hill. They play like Montverde. <laughs> and then he starts like competing against Hubert for Carolina <laughs> Yeah, players. they're like five-star signing for a JV team. <laughs> More than just analysts and stats. Titus and Tate, listen wherever you get your podcasts.